The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning. I'm Head Pastor Billy Han Jr. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We'd like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KB TV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Cali for 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, will start off today's telecast with a lifting and inspiring song entitled, In My Heart. They will be ably accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Bahaku Carter on the organ. With the Lord walking by our side, we can always have a song in our heart. He is there in our times of sorrow and in times of gladness. 
With God before us, there is only joy unspeakable and full of glory. He is able to fill our souls with peace and happiness as we put our faith and trust in His loving hands.
the church band, under the direction of yours truly, will play the song entitled, I Belong to the King. Yes, television viewers, we become a child of the King, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we take on His name in water baptism, we should lift our heads up high and rejoice that we belong to Him. Come before Him with praise and thanksgiving, for all our glory and honor is due unto His holy and blessed name.
Associate Pastor Timothy Hans Sr. will sing the spirit-inspiring song, I'll Fly Away. Doing his background music would be Christy Hahn on the piano, Trustee Associate Pastor Emmons Brooks Sr., Mason Asano singing on the guitars, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Iris Locke on the drums. Soon and very soon, the Lord will return for his very own. As the words of the song goes, some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. To a home on God's celestial shore, I'll fly away. There is only victory ahead to those who will stand upon the promises of the Lord. For he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. Some glad morning, when this life is o'er, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away when I die. Hallelujah, by and by, oh, I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away to a land where joy shall never end. I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh, glory. I'll fly away when I die. Hallelujah, by and by. Oh, I'll fly away. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. By and by, oh, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh, glory. I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, oh, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, oh, I'll the church choir will now perform their final number for today entitled, This Love is Mine. The Lord lifts us up from the depths of darkness to walk in His marvelous light. He's full of mercy and grace. Won't you let Him into your heart and accept Him as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord? For today is a day of salvation, if you will but hear His voice. Please join in and sing with the choir as you see the words on your television screen. Thank you. 
Munahele Kapuni will play this beautiful song on her auto harp entitled Nothing But The Blood. Daily we lift the name of Jesus to the highest, for surely He is worthy to be praised. He shed His blood on the cross of Calvary so that we all might have that promise of eternal life. When our trials bring us down, remember to look up and reach out to Jesus, for His hands are outstretched and ready to provide comfort and strength. Associate Pastor Timothy and Emilia Hahn Sr. will now blend their voices through the uplifting song entitled, Since Jesus Passed By. They will be accompanied by yours truly on the piano. Yes, viewers, our Lord is only a prayer away. He is passing our way and can dwell in your heart today if you let him have his way in your daily life. We thank the Lord for his faithfulness and for his abundant mercy and compassion. At this time, it is your great pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to Mr. and Mrs. Chad and Shauna Kahopi of Kahului Maui. May the Lord continue to bless and strengthen you in your daily walk with Him. Have a wonderful Sunday. Like a blind man, I wondered so. Oh, help 
Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, 
from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on stations KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Kessinari Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui, Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. My sermon entitled Faults and Shortcomings was prepared especially for you in hopes that it will motivate you to become partakers in Christ Jesus. The Lord's path is always a straight and narrow, and for many, it can appear to be a difficult and constant uphill climb. But take it on good authority that the easy downhill path will lead you directly into condemnation. It certainly would be an irreversible and distressful fate for anyone to hear the Lord say a judgment, I know you not. Don't enter into my wrist. Therefore, may today's sermon encourage you to take matters into your own hands if you haven't already done so, and work on your salvation immediately. I have always maintained that attitudes are more important than actions. The spirit of a person is more important than anything else and he does daily. In fact, if a man has the right spirit, he will not have to worry about his actions, as his actions will be the right substance. You may ask, how is the proper spirit developed? The answer is only through a close fellowship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus speaks of our, our attitudes toward others in Matthew 7, 8. Judge not that he be not judged. In other words, do not condemn. If you point your finger at someone else, always remember your thumb is pointing right back at you. 
The easiest thing in the world is to see faults or shortcomings in others. But the hardest thing in the world is to see one's own faults. Some people are quick to find faults in others, to judge and criticize them. Paul tells us in Galatians 6, 1 through 2, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Verse 2 speaks of the burdens which can be shared, such as sorrow, misfortune, and so forth. Verse 5 speaks of burdens which cannot be taken on by anyone else, a painful duty, for every man shall bear his own burden. Therefore, we should cast our burdens upon Jesus. He cares for us. He is our greatest burden bearer. If we were as quick to pick out our own faults as we are those of others, and if we tried sincerely to correct those faults, we would be a thousand times better born-again Christians than we are now. Doves and carnivores do not live on polluted food. Only vultures and crows seek out the garbage of the land. And only the vultures of human life live upon the garbage of others. If we look for the bad things, we will usually find them. While we were visiting London once, our tour guide told us how a famous cat went to London. Do you remember her report? The cat was asked, where has she been? She replied, to look at the queen. And what did you see there? She answered, I saw a little mouse under her chair. Didn't you see the London Tower, Buckingham Palace, the House of Parliament, or Westminster Abbey? Didn't you stop at shop at Harrods? And what about the queen? Was she gracious and beautiful? No, all the cat saw was a mouse, because she was all she was looking for. And many other people never see wonderful things in others just because they are looking only for the bad. You attend a church, and everything is beautiful. The fellowship is divine, and the Word of God is just what you needed. In fact, the preacher's sermon is awesome, and it thrills your soul. But when it says something like you don't like, what do you do? You forget all the good things you've heard and go out to criticize and complain about the sermon to your friends. In other words, you're major on file finding. Listen to Matthew 7, 2, in which Jesus pronounced a law which a believer cannot escape. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, ye shall be measured to you again. Jesus is simply telling us that we are going to reap what we sow. Reading Galatians 6, 7-8, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Thus, many people will learn through bitter experience and heartache that if they are too critical of others, it won't be long before they are targets of criticism, which will cause them nothing but sorrow. There is a story I heard of a young boy and his mother who came into the house and said, Mother, I was out in the yard and called out, Aloha. And someone said, Aloha. I said, Who are you? I said, What is your name? And he said the same thing. I looked everywhere for him and couldn't find him. So I said, If you don't come out, I will beat you up. And he said, I will beat you up. Then the mother said, son, that was your echo. If he said, I love you, it would have said, I love you. 
If he had said, your voice is sweet, he would have said, your voice is sweet. And when you grow up, just remember that what you say and do to others will come back to haunt you. We read in Ecclesiastes 11.1, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. The critical fault finding Christian kills his own usefulness. We don't help other people by sharp and unbrotherly criticism. I never knew a critical Christian who was a blessing to anyone else. Jesus looked for the good in the people. The people of Shikar look upon a certain woman as sinful. She had been married five times and now she was living with a man who was not her husband. As you read in John 4, 16 to 19, Jesus said unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that says thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Jesus knew all this, but he also saw the deep longing in her heart to be a better woman. And before he finished with her, she became a witness for the Lord as she went back to the city and testified to the people and brought them to Jesus. You see, Jesus was offering the living waters to the woman, but he wanted her to repent and forsake her lifestyle in order to receive that water springing up into everlasting life. Thus we read in Matthew 7, 3-5, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eyes, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eyes, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Therefore, before anyone talks about a little splinter in his brother's eye, he had better remove the large piece of lumber from his eye. In other words, how can we afford to criticize others and point out their faults when we are all so full of faults ourselves? Therefore, let us be gracious, understanding, and full of love, remembering how far short we fall of the glory of God. Jesus tells us in the sixth verse, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. The people in ancient times classed certain men as dogs. A dog was a person of odious character and violent temper. The term swine meant those of moral filth. There are many today who are absolutely incapable of receiving and appreciating the spiritual things of God. However, we must still witness unto them and leave them in the hands of the Lord. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 13 to 14 verse, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In other words, the doctrines of faith should be studied by comparing one part of the scriptures with another. They never contradict each other, but lead one into full understanding by the Spirit. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can they know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Thus we are not to associate with them, nor waste our talents on them, but we are to go elsewhere imparting holy things to those who will receive them. Jesus instructs us to develop the right spirit to be kind, tenderhearted, understanding, and sympathetic towards others. Reading John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 
Now Nicodemus, a Pharisee, and he secretly believed in the Lord, came to Jesus by night, hoping to learn about the way. The Pharisees were the foremost criticizers of the Lord Jesus. This is what's not so with Nicodemus. He was a man of prominence, of power, and of great wealth. But Nicodemus was not content with what he possessed. There was a hunger in his heart. The things of the world did not satisfy him. He was always reaching out for something that would bring him happiness. But joy and happiness and peace seemed always to elude him. Then he heard about Jesus and the wonderful work the Lord was doing, healing all manner of sickness and diseases. So under the cover of darkness, Nicodemus slipped out to see and speak with Jesus. His comment to the Lord was, no man can do these miracles except God be with him. Yes, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Not that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Nicodemus poured out his heart to Jesus. And Jesus looked into the soul of this hungry-hearted Pharisee and imparted, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You have many things that the world can give you, but you'll never, never find peace and joy until you have been born again. The world is full of men who are trying to find happiness in this world. They go everywhere and do everything to find some zest in life, but their search is in vain. To them, Jesus would say, you're seeking for satisfaction in the wrong places. Come unto me and be born again, and all the joys of earth and heaven will be yours. Read in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now you may see many wonderful things in this world. You may see the Grand Canyon, but you'll never see the tree of life in heaven unless you have been born again. You may see the great cities of the world, but you'll never see the holy city of the New Jerusalem unless you have been born again. You may see the great countries of the world in all their splendor, but you'll never see the land that is fairer than day unless you have been born again. You may live in the finest mansions that money can buy, but you'll never see the Father's house of many mansions unless you've been born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. He emphasized the must. This was one of his divine imperatives. We read in John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion and in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking in an unknown tongue or language. According to the Bible, this is the only evidence which can be used to verify and confirm that one has received the Holy Ghost. We read in Acts 2.4, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Thus, we see that it is the Spirit which gives utterance, not man. Remember, we left Mary, the mother of Jesus, praying with the 120 in the upper room. Thus, on the day of Pentecost, Mary too received the gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. 
Consequently, if Mary needed the Holy Ghost, how much more then do we need the Holy Spirit to withstand the endless waves of Satan's fiery darts? Peter informs us in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Yes, God had exalted Jesus and gave him a name which was and is above every other name. Jesus spoke about prayer. He knew how important prayer was. We read in Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and he shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Does he mean that we will become wealthy overnight and be able to buy the best there is in the world? No, he doesn't mean this. Many of you can say, I knocked on God's door until my knuckles were bruised, but he didn't open the door. One woman said, I prayed all night for my sick child to live and he died. I will never pray again as long as I live. Sometimes we pray and we receive not because we ask amiss and get nothing because we pray with the wrong motive. God answers every true prayer. He does this in one of three ways. The first is, yes, I am giving you what you requested. Or second, he may say, wait, it's not time yet for that request to be answered. Or third, he may say, no. Thus, he answers every prayer you put before him. Reading 1 John 5, 14 to 15, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Jesus gave us two illustrations to show how a good father always does what is best for his children. Reading Luke 11, 11, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is his father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? And those who heard Jesus shook their heads and said, Certainly not. In verse 13, he continued, If he then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? If your son asked for a bottle of whiskey and you handed him to drink, you would have granted his request. But because of your knowledge and wisdom, you would not give him the whiskey. We read in Habakkuk 2.15, Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, that putteth thy bottle to him, and maketh him drunken also, that thou mayest look on their nakedness. If your child asked for poison, and you gave it to him, and he died, you could say, I gave him what he asked for. But you would have been foolish and stupid to have done that. Then why in the world do many people say that the Lord is not good when he says no to us? Really, we ought to thank God that he doesn't answer all of our prayers as we would like. Sometimes we don't really know what is best for us. And if we receive all that we ask for, our lives could very well be ruined. God is a wise God. He knows what to do. He knows when to say yes, no, or wait. Always accept his answer as correct and thank him for the victory. Now Jesus speaks of our actions toward others. Read in Matthew 7, 12, Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. He didn't say that we are to treat others in the same manner that they treat us, but as we would like to have them treat us. 
Indeed, it is our utmost desire to have everyone treat us well. We want them to be pleasant to us. We want them to speak positively of us. We want them to do gratifying deeds for us. However, whether they do these things or not, we are the children of God, and we must conduct ourselves civilly regardless of their treatment of us. We read in Matthew 5, 43 to 44, If ye have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, and do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. In other words, should someone criticize, lie, and does all he can do to hurt us as true born-again Christians, our reaction towards such an individual should be as Jesus taught us, to love him, pray for him, and treat him like a brother. Now all of these things Jesus has asked us to do in such a situation is extremely difficult. We are only human and we love ourselves. We become angry when we feel we are being mistreated. And it takes a lot of grace, love, prayer, and a Christ-like spirit to say, I must love everyone and treat them in a Christian, fan, Christian fashion, regardless. Reading Matthew 24, 45, Inasmuch as he did it to one of these, the least of these, he did it not to me. And listen to the word that Jesus promises you. We read in Matthew 5, 11 to 12, Blessed are ye, where men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted the prophets which were before you. There are many who say, oh, I live by the golden rule. When you speak to them of salvation, they base their salvation on a false assumption. No man ever keeps this rule perfectly in the first place. Remember, we are not saved by our good works. We are saved by God's grace. We read in Ephesians 2, 8-9, For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. Yes, grace is the kindness and love that God, our Savior, has for man. Many today say that God's way to heaven is too narrow, yet they accept the narrow ways of the world. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, 13 to 14, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. A young man desires to be a doctor and conveys this to his counselor. His counselor concurs and commends him for it. But the counselor warns, you will have to give up many worldly pleasures, expend much time and devote your years of study to become a doctor. It's a narrow road. The young man replies, but it will be worthwhile. So I will take the narrow road. Then there's a young man who wants to enter the kingdom of God. All right, says the pastor, it means you have to repent of your sin and be born again of water and of the Spirit. And if he is wise, the young man will say, all right, it will be worth it. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr. 
expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. Church Band will close today's program with a song, Come and Dine.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.